Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about what you should put in your comp plans and what you shouldn't. And we'll give you a couple of really nice examples. Enjoy. Oh, we made it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now we're here. Bright and early. Bright and early, 4 p.m. No, what is it? 3 p.m.? Something like that? Yeah. There we go. So finally we can record. <clears throat> finally. Finally we can record. Finally we're in the studio. The Say, Mikkel, what did we do uh, in our secret trip? We did something with a lot of post-its. We did something that is still secret. Still secret, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a great project. You can definitely look forward to I this I think one. it is the greatest of <laughs> projects. <laughs> No, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think maybe towards the end of the summer, we can actually start teasing a bit more about what it is, why it matters. That was a long teaser. Yeah. We're going to cut it down. Cut it down. So, you know, uh, now it's summer. This room is going to get really hot, but it also means more outside time with the kids. And my daughter, who is two, she is uh, at the age now where water is fun. And I was sitting on the terrace and I could hear the water running in the bathroom. And it's just, you know, those two minute breaks you get as a parent where everything lines up. And I just knew I had to go out and check. Crawled into the sink, filled it with soap and was taking a bath. All by herself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a bit surprised. It's like, But it's also one of those moments like, oh, yeah, no, she could have died. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, no, is but, pretty small. No, but sometimes when you land yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. those kids and Thanks stuff. Thanks for putting that fear in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But it's also this whole, uh, you know, if it's if it's really calm and quiet for two minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like alerts <laughs> go off all over the place. Like, what's going on? Either dead or yeah. about to die or, yeah. you know, something Burning down the house. Happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah always the case. Yes. It's always the case. It's the I same. guess it's like at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when there are no tasks being pulled into the the scrum project board yeah, then it's no like calls mm, being made you know something's not right yeah. but it's funny you should say calls we're going to talk about comp plans today highly relevant for those people who are making a bunch of oh, calls well done seamless well done Michael. seamless segue <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no we're going to talk about uh things to put in your comp plan and things you definitely shouldn't put in there yeah that's it today we're going to focus on. And uh, we recently did a uh, go-to-market live about this. Yes, with uh, Herr Paulsen. <laughs> Olaf Paulsen uh, was also there. I mean, he's my co-host or yeah. we're the co-host or something like that. Uh, and we had a good chat about it. Um, and obviously kind of also prepping it a bit differently and packaging up for an episode here to talk about a bit more. Yeah. And I think the cool part about that show is it's interactive. So there's yes. a lot of Q&A, which is really the good part. And especially in this one, there were a bunch of questions. But one thing that really stood out to me that we're going to discuss today is how do you drive behavior with comp plans? That's really the focus. Yep. And you recently did a LinkedIn post about you know things you shouldn't put in your comp plan, really yep. the way to mess up your comp plan. And I thought, let's hop into this because there will be some of those pieces appearing comp plans when they probably shouldn't. Yep. So I think um, uh, just as a preface to this, comp plans don't um, don't put too much hopes in them as well. They're really important. They're really expensive. Mm. Um, but you should never see them as more than like 20% of the 
mixed bag of different motivations and incentives why someone is doing a good or not a good job. I think we have another episode on this actually from yeah. you know uh, earlier earlier last year actually. So we're really talking about the last twenty percent, right? Um, and I think things that you should um, really try and keep out of your compliment. And I've just seen it a couple of times. I myself was tempted sometimes to put them in, um, and it just always turned out poorly. There always was like, ah, okay, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. It's either <laughs> either you get smacked in the face during rollout. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not buying into this. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually, you know, when it's when it's some underperforming rep, you can usually like, oh, you know, it's because he's bad. Uh, <laughs> but if it's like two or three of the top three reps, it's like, oh, oh this yeah, is not I'm gonna, bad. This is not gonna <laughs> fly at all. So, but you know, number one, clawbacks. Yeah, but it sounds so logical clawback staff let's explain maybe what it is yeah so a clawback is i give you money and then i ungive you money uh, <laughs> because you did something originally that didn't turn out like it should be so mm. for example you sold a deal and then the deal actually fell through so the customer never paid or the mm. customer was like hey this was missold or any other reason why the deal falls through so yeah. you as a company now can say okay, we should punish that sales rep because that's apparently bad behavior mm. that, you know, that someone is kind of selling bullshit, right? Yeah. So that's that's really the feeling that you as an organization get. Um, and then you basically want to say, okay, you know, I want to take that money, you know, away from you again. So uh, there are a couple of technical reasons why this is difficult. You know, you need to basically withhold money now from the next paycheck. Yeah, You're also going to take out the last end of the scheme here, which is going to be the most expensive end, they will kind of feel that a lot and they will compare that to maybe where they are right now. And right now they might be in the middle of a quarter and, you know, be further down. And obviously if you are clawing back on, for example, you know, non-payment, which yeah. is a typical thing, by the way, uh, the incentive that you're really going to then be pushing for is that your sales reps are going to uh, calling down your customers to get money from them, which is, number one, not the best use of their time, and number two, maybe not the best way of engaging with your customers in the first place. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's this very motivational piece is that um, usually this clawback conversation, it's probably going to happen in some unopportune time in the middle <laughs> of the quarter, and uh, you really don't want to add any additional stresses around, uh, you know, is that rep going to be motivated or not, right? It's like, I know you're having a tough quarter, but let me just kick you in the gut real hard. Yeah, or, <laughs> or you can really smell the 100%. Well, <laughs> let me set you back a little. Um, and honestly, I've, I've just never seen this work out really well. I think what you should be doing is, and, you know, I had this as well, you know, basically in the, we had something like a T's and C's around it. Yeah. Um, and basically almost make a fair use clause, kind of have it hover there, but super soft language. Like, you know, the company can decide up on blah, 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 ah, okay. fair that blah, 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 uh, right? Yeah, because uh, I was going to ask, so how do you prevent that behavior from becoming, you know, gamesmanship? Yes, and, and the answer is you fire those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, this okay. is actually, yeah. so and I think this is one of those, um, I think Netflix culture had kind of a really cool, so the, there was a culture deck from Netflix mm. that a really cool thing around not wanting to create too many rules um, and rather um, rather getting rid of people that violate kind of the yeah. code of conduct, if yeah. you will, instead of creating rules around everything. 
and we actually discussed this in Roblox also once, it's like, hey, we don't need a rule that says don't piss on the floor. No. <laughs> so you know, we do it all the time, do, of course. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, we don't need to have that rule written somewhere that is clearly ingrained here. Yeah. Just as much as with salespeople, it should be clearly ingrained that you shouldn't be setting up fake deals. Yeah. So if someone is doing it and to a degree on purpose or, you know, gross negligence or, you know, some in that direction... Instead of creating a rule around that bad apple, you should rather get rid of the bad apple. Yeah. So that's my perspective on this. People can, you know, fall on either side of this. And if this is your approach, then you know what? You don't need a clawback, you know, penalty in your comp plan. Yeah. Next one, step functions. So a step function is what, you know, if if you if you imagine if you imagine your payout scheme, and maybe sometimes that's a straight line or it's a curve or it's like a, a straight line with like accelerators in it. If you draw this out, so, you know, on the y-axis, you might have completion to target. And on the x-axis, you might have completion to, you know, OTE, so full target payout. And if you see steps in it where it kind of mm. suddenly jumps, uh, usually have this, you know, 49% here and then 50% here up here. Yeah. And that, that would be a step function. You do want to avoid those things. And the reason is it simply creates really awkward behavior around the, you know, the just before and just after those step functions. Yeah. Um, the, the, the easiest one is, oh, I'm about to hit this step function. So my behavior now to close the next dollar is almost infinite, mm. right? It's like I could have a $1 million deal pending and it would probably even be better for me to discount it to $10,000 just to get over the step. Yeah. <clears throat> so you want to avoid that. <clears throat> the other thing is what I've seen, and this is no joke, this literally happened. Uh, sales reps started trading deals. <laughs> no way. So they're like, if you give give me that, I'll take them. So, so that. Yeah. But it was basically someone was at 85 and the other one was at uh, 75 or yeah, 73. Yeah, yeah. And see there, 75, there was a step. So then the guy with the 85 gave like a deal to the other guy. So they would, you know, he would jump up and then they split the, you know, the step yeah, function yeah. again, basically. Smart. <laughs> well, it's, you know, so it is smart. And it's actually, you know, you know that, is, that is behavior that you create. And yeah. I would just say, you know, stay away from that stuff. Try and yeah. make it smooth. Try and kind of not have these things. Um, next one, capped comp. Mm. You never want that. So first of all, there's some physics around comp being kept anyway. Yeah. So there's no reason to put a cap into your comp plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually people add a cap into it because they oh no, you know, what if we need to pay too much commission? <laughs> right? That's that's the reason. Yeah. And first of all, champagne problem. Yeah, totally. Celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. And number two, you know, for for the overall uh, on the capped comp, um, you know, the reason why it's capped physically is the amount of deals that someone gets yeah, and the, the amount of time that they have in a day, the conversion rate and so forth. It's like, you know, they will have an extremely hard time to surpass that. Yeah, If they do, it's usually because of one big deal. Mm. And what we actually also, we put it into the T's and C's. Um, we didn't cap anything, but we basically said if there's, you know, one deal that's uh, crazy, yeah. Um, then we at least want to, you know, wait with compensation for that deal until payment has been received. Yeah. To kind of mitigate the the financial risk for the company because it's like a, a significant outlier, right? Yeah. So we had like a, 
it was literally, I think, a 750K deal. And usually we had like 20K deals, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it was a significant outlier. Yeah. Um, and basically we're like, I mean, we're also in a position we could have paid that, yeah. but it was just to kind of balance it out a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? And and otherwise, uh, otherwise never capped that. And actually what I did was the opposite. Whenever I met a sales rep on, you know, at the coffee machine or something like that, um, the, the one thing that I kept saying was like, hey, do you actually know how much money that guy made yeah. last quarter? Um, and I didn't need to necessarily kind of say the exact number because everyone knew what the target was for that person and everyone knew what the number he hit because of the, you know, thing. Yeah. I just literally helped them to calculate it through at the coffee machine. <laughs> and and there there was a bit of a spring in the step when they walked back to their desk, you know, in order to maybe kind of hit the same number. So never ever cap compliance. It's yeah. going to kick you in the nuts. Cliffs, it's a little bit uh, a similar concept, just the reverse. Basically, and you know, I see this a lot with SDRs. Yeah, is zero money until the seventh meeting. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> for AEs, it's like zero money until you had fifty percent or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It creates a quite a lot of demotivation. Don't get me wrong; I think the lower tiers should be paid lower, and it's usually always a combination between how much com how much complication do you want to add kind of you know how many tiers and how much lower and how much then accelerates but you should for sure um you know pay a little bit less for yeah. you know the below 50 below 75 whatever you pick but i wouldn't pay nothing yeah yeah i think all of what he put it nicely so we value the work just not those five first deals mm. they're worth nothing <laughs> no exactly um and, and especially with sdrs i had it because i had that brilliant idea yeah like you know let's not pay them anything and it's really, um, you know, someone was then at seven meetings or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, it's so easy to create like this bad mood on the on the floor. It's like, yay, I got my first paid meeting today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was like on the 20th, yeah. you know, of the month. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Um, it's it's not going to help you. Right. Um, so makes me wonder what should we then put in a comp plan? Because we've ha we have a bunch of things now that you know don't do that, yeah. period. But we still want to have other things in there that helps drive the desired behavior, which is let's get some more deals. Yes, and um, you know that's that's really what compliance should be about, right? So yeah. today we're actually not going to talk about the scheme and how you kind of build out the scheme and and all the math on how do you go from OTE to you know OTE to what the target is and mm. so forth. Some of that was actually covered in the GTM Live, but today we're going to deep dive a little bit more on kickers. Yeah. Yeah. And there are many different ways to say kickers. Um, accelerators. Accelerators. I think for the uh, esports folks, it would be buffs. <laughs> It's yeah. like no joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but but what's really important is you actually want to do both. You want to do uh, kickers and yeah. you want to do dings or yeah. negative kickers or debuffs, um, <laughs> which are which is um, which is basically kind of the the mix that we're talking about here today. I think one one preface to that is also hey, try and keep it simple. Yeah. I think. Um, I think the kicker, sometimes it's easier to keep simple or yeah. keep understandable because you can create a story around it. It's like when you do those things, you get that in return yeah. versus if you land at, you know, 
0.3%, then you get this plus this other thing. And the yeah. scheme, it's always difficult to calculate. With kickers, it's a little bit easier, actually. Um, and uh, because there's some storytelling aspect to it, I also heard it way more often being then mentioned by sales reps. It's like, hey, if I do this, I actually unlock that kicker. Or if I, you know, uh, if, you know, get to this thing, I actually have something else. Blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some, uh, you know, storytelling around that that actually also helped us in forecast meetings and so forth, right? And how to actually go about it, right? So I think what's really important before we're going into specific cool kickers that we have lined up here, so examples cool. of that is um, you need to figure out what is what is normal. Mm. What is a normal sales behavior for you, yeah. right? If you um, if you take some of the kickers that we lined out and you're an SMB company or an enterprise company, they might be completely you know misleading and not helping at all, right? Mm. So before you discuss what uh, you know positive and negative positive tweaks you want to incentivize and negative tweaks you want to de-incentivize, you need to be very clear on what what they're tweaking. Yeah. Right. What's the what's the the standard that they're that they're helping to deviate from in a good or a bad direction, right? And again, um, these might be things like uh, this is the average quarter that someone can hit. This yeah. is the average quarter that they can hit in a in a month versus a quarter uh, or in a year. Um, this is the average uh, deal size potentially. If you want to do something around that. Um, this, those are the payment terms that are normal for us. This mm. is the contract length that is normal for us. Um, yada, yada, yada. There might be so many other things that are really important to you, um, but contractually speaking, the ones that I just went through, they are usually the ones, right? Yeah. It's really the um, it's really the contract. So in, in my case, let's just say it like that, it's really the contract length. Yeah, so our standard was 12 months, yeah, like a year, and our standard was a year upfront payment. Yeah. Boom. Period. That was it. Um, if then someone uh, made it happen to go beyond the twelve month, we wanted to, you know, appreciate that. Mm. If someone made it happen uh, to get two years up front, we wanted to, you know, show our appreciation for that. But equally so, if someone went below the twelve month, we and this is kind of pretty important. We didn't want to forbid it. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe I'll kind of talk about the negative kickers actually first because yeah, I'm, yeah, like, you know, I'm segue <laughs> into this. Um, we didn't want to forbid it, but we wanted to align the interests of the seller with the interests of the company. Yeah. So what does that mean? Um, if you are, let's just say you're RevOps and you're doing deal desking at the same time, which is, you know, usually, you know, what happens or the CEO does that. Someone uh, comes and asks you for an approval on a deal. Mm. Uh, let's just say it's six months with six month payment terms, uh, which is, you know, really you know bad in comparison to your standard. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't have any governance around that, right? So the person closing a twenty thousand dollar deal would progress on his or her comp plan just as as well six months or twelve months. Yeah. Right? If you um, if you now sit there and you want to approve or disapprove the deal, you will always sit there and be like, "Yeah, okay, fuck, let's do it. <laughs> let's get the money, right? Is, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, six months is better than nothing. We yeah. can prove it. I believe in our product. Let's go. Yeah. What's now going to happen is that that sales rep is going to keep doing it because yeah. it's an is an is a basically an a non painful discount. Yeah. To give for him or her. Yeah. 
to uh, you know whenever say, uh, uh, a customer or prospect says like ah ooh, you know that's that's gonna be difficult then the first thing uh, the salesperson might throw out is like, boom, let's just cut the deal in half. Yeah. Uh, or let's cut the payment terms in half. Or let's cut it down to monthly. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Um, and then you have it at the finish line. And then when you have it at the finish line, then you go to get the deal approval. Yeah. And it's it's usually this weirdo setup where it's like, well, you know, you know, I could probably close him for that. He mentioned this. And um, as a deal approver, you're, you're kind of behind the, you know, you, you can't really kind of, change much here no right so what you want to do is you don't want to um you know what some people do is they completely say like hey you can't do it but to be honest that's just not a good practice because you want the money <laughs> you totally want the money yeah, yeah and number two you you know some people then get smart and it's like ooh, let's create a quota around it yeah we can only have five of those deals a quarter uh and no more and then guess what happens when the sixth one comes around? Mm. You're like, okay, yeah, let's 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 not tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and all of that spirals out of control most of the time. Yeah, so yeah. really, really, um, simply align align some of that stuff with you. Give them a little bit of a ding. Yeah. If they are doing something that's not great for the company, yeah. I think it should be balanced out. Um. So for example, for you know, the, the six-month contract term, we actually dinged 50%, so we dinged yeah. by quite a lot. But if someone gave half-yearly payment terms on a full-year contract, I think we only dinged 15% or yeah. something like that, right? Just to kind of to balance it out and to create a little bit of an incentive for that person to, you know, go the right route yeah. and maneuver with the prospect in the right way to, to kind of, you know, land where they should land. And what's really cool, if you design this kicker thing pretty well, you almost give a reverse discount hierarchy to your sales rep. Yeah. They're basically, you know, if you do it well, they're basically going to look at their comp plan and going to, oh, okay, I'm going to start offering this kind of discount. Yeah. Could be on, I don't know, payment terms here. Then I'm going to move to, um, you know, maybe the contract time. Yeah. The next one is going to be, uh, you know, free month. Yeah. Then it's going to be a one-off discount for the first year. And then it's going to be a perpetual uh, discount into infinity, yeah. right? And basically, that is great. You want to set up something like that for uh, for your reps to be in full full on sync with you, mm. right? And yes, so I mentioned, for example, free month. This yeah. was kind of very uncommon when we invented it. We didn't invent it, <laughs> but we came up with it. We asked some people, and they're like, "No, we're doing the same thing." Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically, like, uh, you have a twelve month contract, and people wanted to have maybe twenty percent discount, twenty five percent discount. And then you say, you know what? I can't give you this discount, but I can give you the first two months for free. Yeah. That will not renew though, right? It was very clear. We sometimes call it an introduction. Yeah. Kind of while you're being set up, we're going yeah, to not yeah, charge yeah. you. Uh, but that then obviously meant then next year when you renew, well, guess what? We're going to we're gonna charge you, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it took us a while before it made click because, you know, you want to set up a real nice structure around all of these things. Yeah. So not every time is kind of a weird conversation about it and, you know, the sales rep has questions. It should just be kind of very clear to that person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's it around the, uh, the, the negative kickers. Mm -hmm. Positive kickers. Yeah, let's get a bit positive. I think we had lots of fun. <laughs> uh, so on the, on the positive stuff. So what many people are struggling with all the time yeah. is sales rep consistency. Now, 
uh, you know, adding those kickers is not going to fix that. You know, it's only fixing 20% of that. Yeah. The 80% is, you know, constant opportunity supply, low seasonality, you know, good coaching, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's that's the 80% of creating that consistency for the rep. Um, but, you know, having some pieces that help the rep to drive urgency or, you know, motivate them to drive urgency is really helpful, right? Yeah. Because if you're really thinking, so we did the following not experiment. It turned out to be an interesting experiment. So when you think about it, you're a quarterly setup business and see there, you're always closing a gargantuan amount in the last two weeks of the quarter. Yeah. You yeah. know, why is that? There's there's no actual reason for that. In you know, that is true in reality. It's all just, just the reps optimizing for the quarter end. <laughs> it's like suddenly they come up with all kinds of reasons why this thing needs to close in the next two weeks, right? Yeah, That's yeah. why you build it like this. Um, if, you know, now you could say, well, maybe uh, end of March, end of June, end of, uh, what is it, uh, you know, September, those are just the the purchasing month, Tony. Yeah. This is where all the purchasing decisions are being made. <laughs> Obviously, that's stupid. Um, but let's just say that were to be true. So then, you know, one year we shifted uh, the fiscal year by one month. Yeah. And see there, suddenly, January, April, November, and... I'm mixing something up. The other <laughs> yeah, month yeah. became the closing month, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, suddenly, suddenly, that last month of the quarter, that was suddenly the the, the big closing month. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, if you realize that some of that uh, delayedness, that backloadedness um, has to do also with your sales reps. And I don't want to take away that, yes, you have enterprise level, you know, sales cycles, they are annual, you know, long, mm. you know, they conclude in the budget and maybe yeah. they need to set up a new year's budget and they will close in Q4. Don't get me wrong, some of that stuff you can't fight, but the, why does it close in uh, March versus April versus February? There's no, there's no real life reason for any no. of that stuff, right? So what you want to create with those positive kickers, basically an incentive for the sales rep to come up with urgency, fake urgency. That's how sales works, right? Fake urgency to get those deals done at that given point in time. Um, and the first one that we basically kind of did, we did a, a intra-quarter pacing. So basically within the quarter, um, hit first month, second month, third month. So we basically gave a sizable kicker if you were pacing towards your quarter end goal yeah. in month one and in month two and so forth. So that's it. Um, was it because there was too much risk of everything just closing in the last two weeks? Or? Yeah, it just, um, it's, it's also then, you know, it becomes a physical problem suddenly if you kind of push the whole yeah. pipeline in front of you and then want to close everything in two weeks. And also, um, you know, as more stuff is getting taken out, you have more time for CSMs to work through that. You want to kind of, you know, remove those highs yeah. and, 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 and throws, I guess. Um, and that's why we wanted to kind of, you know, create something like that. It also looked nicer on those dashboards, <laughs> like a straight line, yeah. right? Um, then uh, the next thing that we did is inter-quarter, so quarter over quarter consistency. Yeah. And this was kind of a trying to avoid sandbagging to a large degree. So we were fairly consistent with our target setting, so with the quotas, but we did always leave a little bit of residual risk. And you know, and I couldn't say it, but the VP could say it. Yeah. And VP sales could say it's like, well, you never know what the quotas are next year, next month. Um, to kind of create this 
okay, I'd rather want to have this deal this quarter than next quarter because if the quarters uh, targets go up next quarter, this deal will be worth less. Yeah. So I'd rather want to close it now. So it was kind of there was you know one incentive to to not send back, and then the other one was basically to uh, basically what is it celebrate the people um, and incentivize the people that didn't send back, and give them an incentive then for the next quarter. Yeah. So what we actually did, if you hit 100% or above, we gave you a payout kicker on everything you close next quarter. Okay. Yeah? Because if you think about sandbagging, it's basically trying to help your own next quarter. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to take that off the table by saying, well, if you get to the number, we will help you next quarter. Yeah. Right? right? So that was actually, that worked out pretty nicely. Um, and a lot of people were... Uh, we're referring to that a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I still have this, the carryover. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, some tailwind. Yes. Um, so this was one, um, and then, and this was the breakout. Everyone loved it. Uh, success. We call it the fifth quarter. Yeah. And, uh, and usually then, that's a bad thing, though. Usually, so I, heard, I, so I only heard it after the fact that uh, some people use it for like, hey, the, this pipeline is for uh, fifth Q. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, basically what we did is if you hit, and I'm not sure if it was 100% or 105% over the year, right? So this was really, you know, annual pacing, annual target. If you hit the annual target, and that could be zero first quarter, zero second quarter, and then everything in Q4, for example, you would still unlock that thing. Then we will pay you a full fifth quarter. Yeah. Pow. Everyone got really jazzed up about that yeah, one. Yeah, I can imagine. Like this was like, yes, yeah. I want to have that. And it's um that 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 helped to drive a lot of especially Q4 then, right? Uh, helped to drive a lot uh, in that direction. That also was a thing that we presented in every kickoff, so we had quarterly kickoffs. Yeah. Um and that's maybe a bit obsessive, but that's what we did. And we basically kind of listed out who's still tracking too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, people were like really excited about it. Like that a scoreboard. One. Yeah. Okay, and then we had one, and that's kind of, you know, I think everyone should have that. Uh, the second you go above 100%, you should get double payout uh, basically on every additional deal that you close. Mm. And the rationale is, um, if you really think about this OTE example, where you basically have a 50-50 split, yeah. um, and once you get to target, you basically kind of reach that 50-50 equ- equilibrium, uh, now, what you can actually uh, pay that person is double up because you are not paying on the base anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why would you do that? You know, that's a that's a way to save cost eventually. Um, the reason why I would do this is you want to overly pamper all of your overachievers. Yeah. You want them never to leave, and basically, kind of once they're in the double up zone, it's like really fun for them to close any other deal. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't like, honestly. I mean, we had people close a um, $24,000 deal. And just because of that deal and the continuation kicker and all of this other stuff, they got a payout of like five or 6K on that 24K deal. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like nuts. But that's how that thing worked. And it would work really well, uh, yeah. especially with our overperformers, right? Yeah, so, I think that's it. So a bunch of positive and negative kickers. I mean, I can see why there were a lot of questions. Like if you have a specific business, there's so many, if this, then how should we yeah. approach it, right? Um, so I think, you know, 
maybe if there's a listener right now that has a question and didn't have a chance to attend the GTM live, you know, number one, go sign up for that. You can do it at growblocks.com slash GTM dash live. You can sign up there or you can drop us uh, a question on podcast at growblocks.com. Or, you know, DM me on LinkedIn. Yeah. I think kind of to wrap this up, right? So uh, a couple of things we talked about that you shouldn't be doing, a couple of kickers and why you would do it in the first place. Mm. I think in the end, you do need to keep it simple. Don't yeah. overcomplicate it. If you ask a rep when he or she is drunk to explain the compliment to you and he or she can't, mm. then you did too much. What I learned is that... Uh, more complex in the scheme, so how the payout works, confusing. Yeah. Uh, the kickers, uh, you can add quite some complexity without people losing track of that. Yeah, yeah. So, th you know, think about this maybe as a as a nicer way to play some of the, the carrots um, uh, versus, you know, potentially in the scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it makes sense. If you can't understand it, then how will it drive your behavior? It's like, yeah. what, what am I going to do now? It's not, do you want, you know, uh, gummy? now or to tomorrow that's not the oh wow <laughs> okay that Mr. was the outro that was the outro font and colors no i'm just tying it back to the intro it was about you know kids and then back to kids again no well done yeah, yeah. well have a good one kids yeah. thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks everyone no that was um, good thanks michael thank you tony bye have a good one bye